Thanks for listening to our Faith Church podcast. Let's listen to today's message. Amen. Well, God is good. We've shouted, we've praised, we've celebrated. It's good. You do know the Bible says, I'm sure you do, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. (laughs) And that's what we've been doing. And I felt the joy of the Lord in this place. And I have a word this morning about the resurrection power of Jesus. Is that all right? Resurrection. We believe in Jesus. How many of us believe that Jesus is the son of God? Are we thankful? that Jesus is the Son of God. He said he's the Son of God. In John chapter 4, Jesus said, and the woman at the well said, are you the Messiah or should we look for another? And he said, I am. I am. So he said it. Those were his words. We believe that Jesus was fully God and fully man. That's what we believe. He came to this earth. God sent his son born of a virgin, and it was the Holy Spirit that gave her life. We believe he was born. We believe he was baptized. We know that he was. We believe that he walked to this earth performing healings and miracles, raising the dead, casting out devils. That's what the word says, right? And we believe that he lived a sinless life and that he died. But three days later, what happened? He rose. Do you know that there was over 500 eyewitnesses that saw that he rose and it's accounted in history? Do you realize that? Jesus rose and he appeared for 40 days unto several people. He appeared first to Mary Magdalene. He appeared to the other women. He appeared to the uh, two on the road to Emmaus. He appeared to the 11 disciples without Thomas. He appeared to the 11 disciples with Thomas. He appeared to the seven disciples by the lake of Galilee. He appeared to disciples on a mountain. He appeared to 500 people at once. Can you imagine? We'd be in this room and Jesus appeared. That was from 1 Corinthians 15, 6. He appeared to James. He, He appeared to the 11 disciples again when he ascended. And he appeared to Paul on the road to Damascus. He's a God who appears for us. He's a God who wants to give us a supernatural encounter. I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful for times in my life that I have needed him to appear. I have needed a fresh encounter with Jesus. And when you know that you know that you know that you know that you know... It's because you have had an encounter and nobody can talk you out of it because you've experienced. Isaiah chapter 53, three through six, it says he was despised. That's what we're talking about. He was rejected. If you've faced rejection, you have a savior who has faced rejection. He was a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. This is from the NLT. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. We thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. The Bible says that he was beaten beyond recognition. That means if you knew him and you walked with him and you saw him that day, you wouldn't know it was him. That's how badly he was crushed. 
in the King James, it says the chastisement for our peace was upon him. There was a price that had to be paid for us to have peace with God. And Jesus paid it. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. Everybody say, all of us. All of us. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. There's nobody that haven't. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet, yet, the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. Thank you, Father. See, we believe in the resurrection power of God. I've experienced things in my own life where I know that I know that I know that I know that Jesus is the Savior, and he went to that cross. See, there's nothing he didn't bear on that cross. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what mistake you've made. I don't care what sin you've committed. There is nothing that he didn't take on that cross. We could get up one by one, and you could say, well, what about this sin? It's on the cross. Well, what about this sin? It's on the cross. He took it all. There is not one addiction there is not one sorrow. There is not one depression, discouragement, anger, pride, fear. He took it all. Thank you, Jesus. He took it all. We have assurance that it's all there. We laid it down. Our sinful nature, we laid it down. And because of his resurrected life, we are not the same. I'm so glad that he did not stay in that tomb. I'm so glad that there was resurrection power. <laughs> Romans 8:11 in the King James, it says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, it says, if the spirit of he that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you, it shall do what? He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken. That's why I love the, the King James. See, we Pentecostals, we love that word. I'm like, I got to read it from the King James because I love quicken. We know what it's like when all of a sudden you're praying and you feel that quickening of the Holy Spirit. You're off. You're doing your own thing, but the Holy Spirit quickens you. It literally means he restores life to you. He gives life to you. But I like that quicken. Your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. That word dwell in the Greek means to dwell, to reside, to occupy, to occupy. If the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead occupies your spirit, occupies your heart. See, it's one thing if you're a guest and you're coming to my home, I know that you're also going to leave because you're a guest, <laughs> But my family, we reside in that home together because we all occupy that space. We live in that house. See, some of us need to have Jesus occupy our home. It's not good enough. He doesn't need to be a visitor. He doesn't need to be somebody that we just talk to once in a while when we're in trouble. He wants to occupy because that's how this verse is empowered. If he occupies, if he dwells in me, that is what's going to quicken me when I need him. That's what's going to quicken me. See, you can't say you're a Christian just by going to church. That does not make you a Christian. Just like going into a garage doesn't make you a car. <laughs> you can come to church. You can try to do the right things, but unless you have an encounter with Jesus, you, don't, you just have empty religion. But when you have an encounter with Jesus, nothing's ever the same.
Jesus changes everything. Jesus changed my story. Jesus changed my life, but he changed my story. He changes your story. He takes the past. He took your past. He resurrected you into new life, but you're dead to those sins. See, that's what life is all about. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he's the same spirit. He can give you a reason to live. Now, listen, I can tell you what Jesus means to me. But unless you experience for yourself, you'll never understand it. It's just like when I tell you, hey, you should go here. You should go to Jamaica or Hawaii or Palm Beach. But until you get on the airplane and you step down and put your feet in the sand. Woo, I can't wait. Spring is coming, everybody. Yes. Unless you put your feet in the sand, that's when you experience. It's the same thing with Jesus. If you haven't experienced new life, you haven't experienced anything. It's like going from black and white to full color. You see things like you've never seen before. You feel peace like you've never felt before. You feel joy that you've never felt before. You've got the real thing. The real thing. Believers, I believe for me too that God wants to do something fresh and new on this Resurrection Sunday. How many of us are just ready for that? Let there be a reset, right? A reset. It's a new season. It's a new day. Jesus is the real things. But for those of you who don't believe or maybe you've wandered from Jesus, I am calling you and telling you today that Jesus wants to give you a fresh encounter with him. That is his love. See, Colossians 2 says this, you were dead because of your sins, because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. This is from the NLT. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all your sins. Woo! He canceled, everybody just say canceled. I love that word. The record of the charges against it, us, and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. See, he disarmed the spiritual rulers. What does that mean? He stripped the power that the enemy had when he went to the cross. That's what that verse means. I don't know about you, but I just get so excited. I'm like, he just stripped him. He just took his power. It's like a, a big wolf and he took out his teeth. He's like, mom, 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 mom. it's like, you have no power. <laughs> I'm going to bite you. No, you're not. <laughs> well, if you are, it's not going to hurt. Because as a believer, we have to understand that Jesus disarmed every demonic force on this earth. He took their power away. Jesus holds the power. He holds the keys to death, hell, and the grave. And when you walk with him, you got the real thing. Everybody just say the real thing. The real thing. The real thing. Now, I've told this story before. I apologize. But if you're new, it's for you. If everybody else, you don't have to listen. But anyway, <laughs> I love fruit. I love pineapple. I love strawberries, blueberries. 
I don't really, I'm not crazy about green melons. You know, when somebody brings a fruit tray, why is it the green melons that are just left by themselves? Everybody has the cantaloupe. You ever notice that? Come on, be honest. No, everyone, well, pity, I'll take some green melons. <laughs> they kind of taste like nothing. I have a confession that that's the same way I've always felt about mangoes. I know, I know. Like all my life, I'm like, eh, mangoes. I think I might have tasted it, but I'm not crazy about them. They're, they're, they're all right. They're okay. Give me a pineapple. Fast forward to 2019. My husband took me on our 30th wedding anniversary to Jamaica. What a guy. And we went to breakfast one morning. <laughs> we went to breakfast, and there was a buffet. And I was like, okay, you know, I got to get my fruit. I'm getting the pineapple, the blueberries, the strawberries. I'm just getting different fruit. I see the mango there, and I'm just like, mm, I'll just pity take a mango. And we are in Jamaica. They have a lot of mangoes, right? I took one. I go back to my seat. I'm eating my food. And all of a sudden, I take my fork and say, ah, let me just try a mango. I was like, oh. I was like, this is the best fruit in the world. You've not tasted anything unless you've tasted a mango. It's juicy, it's sweet, it's full of life. It's just the way God made it. And mangoes are the best fruit, right? <laughs> Changed everything. I had a real mango. Now I go into the store. It's the funniest thing. You know when you have the frozen fruit and you grab them to make a smoothie? I'm like, where's the mangoes? I'll take a frozen mango. You go to Trader Joe's. I'll have a dried mango, please. I'll have some mango popsicles. Everything's mango. <laughs> Because I tasted the real thing. Let me tell you, don't take a substitute. When you go before Jesus, he's the real thing. He's the real thing. Religion is a fake substitute, and it will not give you the peace that you need, the joy that you need. It will not give you the strength that you need. But when you have an encounter with Jesus, everything changes. Woo! Everything changes. You had an authentic encounter with the King of Kings, the one who created you, the one who gives you purpose, the one who loves you. He created you in your mother's womb. Can you think about that? The Bible says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Don't let anybody tell you anything different. It's God Almighty who has a purpose for your life. When you've tasted, my life is never the same. I love mangoes, and I'm not ashamed of it. <laughs> I love Jesus. I'm not ashamed of it. Now, I just want to talk about that Sunday morning, since it's Sunday morning. But 2,000 years ago, I want to read the story. I am going to read it from Matthew. But just so you know, Mark, Luke, and John have, have all aspects of the story. So you might not see it in Matthew. Go ahead and read it for yourself today sometime. You can read it, and it's a powerful story. But I'm, I'm starting from Matthew 1, 28, 1 through 10. Early on Sunday morning, aren't you so happy that Sunday morning, Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Now, in the other 
uh, Luke's gospel and Mark's, it was also Joanna and it was also Salome and it says several other women. The women went to the tomb. How do you like that, ladies? We do what needs to be done, don't we? <laughs> don't get too excited, though. <laughs> the women went to the tomb. They did what they know to do. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone. An angel rolled the stone away and sat on it. What a sight. His face shone like lightning. His clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. They just passed out. You would have passed out too. I would have passed out too. The angel spoke to the women, and this is how we know. that He said immediately, don't be afraid. You ever notice how angels have to say that every time they appear? They're scary. <laughs> but in Hebrews, it says they are sent for the saints, right? They're messengers to help the saints. They're, they're our helper. And he says, I know you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body was lying. Now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I've told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb. They were also very frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to the, give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet and worshiped him. And Jesus said, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers calls them brothers, to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. Lord, bless the reading of that word, and thank God for the word of God. Four things that happened that I just want to mention very quickly. Four things. Number one, they went to the tomb. Ladies, it was the women who went to the tomb. They did what they needed to do. They did only, but before we get too excited, they were not going to the tomb because they thought he was risen. That is not why they were going. They were grieved, they were confused, and they were doing what they thought they needed to do at that time. They wanted to honor him, but they didn't go because they thought they were going to see a miracle. They merely went because they were devoted to him. They loved him. They were broken. Can you imagine? He was a man who for three years you put all your hope in. He raises the dead. He casts out demons. He healed the sick. He did it all. He was all that. And all of a sudden, he is dead. They went there not expecting anything, but wanting to honor Jesus in the only way that they knew how. Sometimes you have to go out anyway. You may be discouraged, but you honor God anyway. You do what you know to do. You pray because that's why you're devoted to him. You pray, you worship, you get up anyway. You're walking through some stuff, but you're devoted to Jesus and you want to honor him in the only way you know how. But I'm telling you this morning, you're here because something is within you saying, I've got to be here and I want to honor God. And because of that, you better get ready for an encounter with Jesus. You take a step of any, anyway, you take a step of faith anyway, you don't quit. You're here. You're devoted in the hard time. You don't know what the full extent of what God's going to do for your life, but you took a step of faith and you're here. They went 
to the tomb. They got up and they went to the tomb. They did what they know the new to do. Well, where were the disciples? They were all together. Now, I know later it says they went fishing and all of that, but at that time, they were all together saying, what do we do, guys? What do we do? They had a small group. (laughs) They were there. Ephesians 6 says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And then it goes on to say, take up the full armor of God so you can withstand the wiles or the schemes of the devil. And it says, it says later on, it says that you may be able to, for we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And when you've done it all, what? So if you can't do anything else, you stand. They didn't know what else to do, so they went to the tomb because that was the custom. If you wanted to honor somebody who died, you went to the tomb and you brought spices. Now, we know that the word says that Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, they had already wrapped him and they gave him spices. But the women were like, wait a minute, we got spices. This is what we usually do. Don't take our job from us. We want to honor God in the only way that we know how. And we're not going to bury him unless he's sweet aroma unto God. And we're going to do the right thing. And we're just going to run to the tomb and we're going to bring what we know to bring. Do you realize that every time we come into the presence of God, we're supposed to bring something? We bring ourselves, we bring our heart, we bring a sacrifice of praise, we bring thanksgiving. It says every time you come into his presence, bring thanksgiving. That's the will of God for you. That's what we bring. And then the word of God also says bring a psalm and a hymn and a spiritual song. So we're never supposed to go empty-handed. These ladies were like, we're going to run to the tomb. We are grieving. We are going, we're distraught. We're broken, but we're going to do what we know to do. We're going to do what we know to do. It says on Luke 24, 1, now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came bringing the spices. We should never come into God's presence empty-handed. And you know, the more simple we are in his presence, it's actually better. Sometimes, especially when we're going through stuff, we think we have to just... And thus says the Lord, I'm coming before you, and I'm just going to give you that you are almighty God and give you the praise and thanksgiving. And we think it's got to be that way, but the simpler, the better. Just talking to Jesus like you would talk to a friend, telling him everything. The Bible says, cast all your cares. There's not one care that Jesus can't handle. There's not one situation that he can't give you wisdom for. There's nothing that he can't do for you. Why? He wants to be your friend. There's a a board book that I used to love to read to the kids, and it's called, it's just little, and it's called Jesus is With Me. I love that book. They're just, they were just little, so I'm sure, you know, we're just like, Mom, read us a book. I'm like, Jesus is with me. I'm like, Jesus is with me on a bus. Come with us. <laughs> Jesus is with me on a, in a car going far. <laughs> Jesus is with me. 
No matter where I am, Jesus is with me. It'd be so funny because if it was a hard day, if it was a rough day, they're like, Mommy, you read us a story? I'm like, we need Jesus is with me. <laughs> On a bus, Jesus is with me. With y'all, Jesus is with me. <laughs> but Jesus is. The greatest thing that we can have in our life is knowing that the Son of God who takes away the sins of the world is with me. He wants a relationship. And maybe you just need a, a reset in your relationship with Jesus. You need something fresh. You need something new. The Lord always, every single day you wake up, you breathe air. God wants to do something new and fresh with you. He wants to have an encounter with you. Mary... Number three is they had an encounter, but actually Mary Magdalene was the one who had the first encounter. Isn't that amazing? She was the one who had the most demons cast out of her. She was the one who was the most broken, and she was the one who saw Jesus first after he was resurrected. And you know, it's so interesting because think about it. She did not recognize who he was. He came, she was looking in the tomb, she's crying. He's like, woman, you know, what, why are you crying? Are you okay? Kind of thing, I'm paraphrasing. She was like, they, they came and took Jesus' body and he's not here and da 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 da. She thought he was the gardener. We, we, we miss encounters with Jesus. How many times have we missed encounters with Jesus where he's been walking with us, when he's been talking with us, and we're just walking thinking that we're by ourselves, and Jesus is with us the whole time. He's saying, I'm here. I'm here. Come on, call on me. You need that wisdom? I'm here. And she just, she didn't get it. And finally, what did he do? He said her name. He was like, Mary. And the lights went on. And she saw Jesus. And then he began to appear to the disciples. They, you know, if you read in the word, they, they went to the disciples and the disciples didn't believe them. They were like, they're just crazy. They've lost their minds. Why? Not because they're bad people, because they needed their own encounter with him. And then when he appeared to the disciples and, and it wasn't with Thomas, Thomas was like, you're all crazy. Why? Not because he's necessarily, I know we call him doubting Thomas, but listen, he just needed a real encounter with Jesus. You know what you need today? You need a real encounter with Jesus. I could talk about him and that's great, but unless you know him for yourself, it's not the same. Mary Magdalene and the two on the road to Emmaus and the 11 disciples and then, and then 40 days he, he appeared to all of these people, include, including the 500 people that I mentioned before, encounter after encounter after encounter because Jesus wants to have an encounter. He made it clear that he was going to have so many eyewitnesses, people that were not even expecting him to be alive. Listen, those women would never have been bringing spices. They would have never have brought spices if they thought he was alive. They legitimately thought he was dead. The spices were for embalming. They had no faith. They did not believe. And yet they had walked and talked with him, but they were walking with him and they were about to, because of their devotion, have an encounter with Jesus. When you have little faith, Jesus is with you. When you're discouraged, Jesus is with you. We could write our own book, right? 
On the bottom, Jesus is with you. In a pit, Jesus is with you. In the hospital, Jesus is with you. When you get a doctor's diagnosis, Jesus is still with you. He didn't leave you. He didn't forsake you. When you're all by yourself and your, your home fell apart, Jesus is still with you. He still loves you. He still cares for you. When your children that you tried to bring up right started to do all crazy things, Jesus is still with you. He's with you in the midnight hour. He's with you in the morning. He's with you at the noontime. He's with you every day, every minute of every day. Like I said before, even if my mother and father forsake me, Jesus is still with me. I've got a savior. I've got a comforter. I've got a strong tower. I've got Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Many of you know that um, my father passed away on New Year's Eve and missed him so much. And I know my mom does. I'm not escaping the grieving process. I'm walking through it. There's steps to grief. I understand that. And sometimes, you know, you look at somebody and you're like, oh, you're doing great. No, 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 I'm walking through. But I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, Jesus is with me. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. If I, my emotions tell me, don't get up because it's just not worth it. Just stay in bed today. There's something in me because I have made a decision and I want Jesus to occupy my heart. I want him to occupy me. I want him to be in my house. All of a sudden, the comforter of comforters comes in and says, get up out of that bed. <laughs> You can do it. Your father's with me. It's going to be okay. Just keep walking. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. I'm honoring God, devoted to God. Jesus is with me. I don't have the answer. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Sometimes I just feel like the world is off its axis, you know. Some things just don't seem right, but Jesus is with me, and it's going to be all right. It's all right. It's all right. I don't care what anyone says. It's all right because I know it in my spirit. I know it in my heart. You can't talk me out of it. You can't talk me out of a Jesus that's there in the darkest hour. Jesus that's there in the midnight. When I don't know what to do, when my emotions say, go this way. And I say, Jesus, I know you're with me. He's the comforter, the God of all comfort, he says. The God of all comfort. You got to know him, but you got to try him first. You got to know that he's all right. 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 He's all right with me. Woo! See, y'all just shouldn't have sang that song this morning. Get me all worked up. <laughs> but something does happen when I praise him. Something happens when I call his name. I'm not, that's not phony. That's not religion. Something happens in my spirit. I can go before the Lord and say, God, I just, I don't understand this. I don't understand that, but I just give it to you, God. I thank you. You're the King of Kings. You're the Lord of Lords. You're the one who reigns. You're the one who has death, hell, and the grave. 
You have the authority, God. I stand on that rock and I give him praise and something happens. I start to walk around. I get up out of that bed. I start to walk around and I say, Lord, I love you. Lord, I praise you today. God, I give you praise. I give you honor. I give you glory. I thank you, Lord. I give you praise. I give you glory. Hallelujah. And I just talk to the Lord. I'm just going to be honest with you. It was so funny. One time I was downstairs and I, we get up and walk. My husband prays and we pray together, but I was walking by myself and I was just feeling sorry for myself. And I said, you know, God, my dad loves me so much and he would be so upset if he knew that I was sad. <laughs> I just say crazy stuff. <laughs> I just let it all out. <laughs> and God's like, no, he's with me. And there's no tears. There's no sorrow. And one day you're going to see him again. See, that's the God of all comfort. <laughs> I think that's the end of my message. Oh, wait a minute. I have a fourth point. <laughs> they went and told what they saw. See, when you experience Jesus... You can't help but tell what you see. You can't help but spread peace because you have more than enough. If you have the peace of God, it's bubbling over because God is a God of abundance. So if God gives me real love in my heart, it should be bubbling over. It's more than enough love to give to somebody else because I don't need all that. I, just, I can give it away because I have more than enough. I've served God who has a fountain of love for me. He's got a fountain of joy. He's got a river of peace. He's got more than enough. So they went out. Mary told the women. The women told the 11. The 11 told Thomas. They all told the 500. Everybody told everybody. And the world was turned upside down because Jesus has risen and nothing has been the same since. We serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. You can't help but spread love when it's flowing through you. He takes what is helpless, he takes what is hopeless, he takes what is broken, and he gives you life. That's the resurrection power of Jesus. Can we stand this morning? There's a song that I love, and it's old, really old song, and it just says, something beautiful, something good. All my confusion, he understood. All I had to offer him was just brokenness and shame. But he made something beautiful out of my life. See, whatever you give to God, he can take it. Whatever it is, you just say, God, this is yours, Lord. It's for you. And Ecclesiastes 3, Ecclesiastes 3.11, it says he makes everything beautiful in its time. He can take your life turn it around. I don't care how long it's been. I don't care what you've tried. I don't care what hope you, you put yourself in, putting your hope in this program or that or that or that. Put your hope in Jesus. He's the one who, turned things, who turns things around. I want to just take a moment before we close and want to pray for you. If 
you want to receive Jesus, this is the best. If you want to recommit your life to Jesus, if you said, I, I don't, I've never had an encounter or I haven't had an encounter in a long time and I want Jesus to dwell in me. If that's you this morning, could you just lift up your hand? We want to pray for you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. If that's you, I want you to just come out of your seat because I want to really honestly pray for you this morning. Come on down. We want to pray for you. I want to just speak the peace of God over you right now. Declare that this is a new day. This is a new season. That the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead wants to dwell in you. He wants to turn some things around. He wants to make you new. He wants to give you new life. He wants to restore you. He wants to give you peace and strength. God is good. And he loves you with an everlasting love. He loves you with an everlasting love. So I'm going to pray, and all you need to do is repeat after me. I'm going to walk down real quick. I know I got these heels on. I'm sorry. Thanks, babe. <laughs> Thank you. Praise God. And I'm going to pray. Is that all right for all of you? Come on up. The Lord is with you. He loves you with an everlasting love. He loves you so much. And all you need to do is just repeat after me. You mean it from your heart. That's all it is. So pray, Father, I come before you. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. I repent from every sin and ask you to take it. Be the Lord of my life. Dwell in me. Occupy my heart. I want to be a follower of Christ. I thank you that you died on the cross for my sins. I receive new life today, new purpose a new lease on life, I will obey you as your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thanks again for listening to our Faith Church podcast. We are so glad you chose to listen to this message. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to receive notifications when we release new content. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Faith Church Rock to find out more information about what is currently happening at Faith Church.